listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hi, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. My goal on this show is to bring you experts that give you good, solid content, and to do it in a way that helps you to quickly absorb and assimilate and actually take action on those ideas that you hear from the show. So that's my goal. If you think I'm reaching that goal and if you're getting value, I'd invite you to go to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and write a nice little five-star review on there with a few comments. I'd really appreciate that. It helps the show get some visibility. It also kind of keeps me plugged into what people like you, the listeners, want to see in future shows. So if you get a minute, I'd really appreciate that. Now, on to our show today. Our topic for today is on trends in social media, and we have a leading expert in social media, Stephanie Marone. Now, if you've never seen Stephanie speak before, she's amazing. She's got great content. You can find her all over social media. Check out the links to get access to her blog. It's called the Social Media Butterfly Blog, and you can connect with her on LinkedIn. And when you do connect with her on LinkedIn, pay attention to the type of content that she puts out. She teaches people about this, and she's got great, great ideas that can help you. Now, Stephanie, she works as a consultant with law firms of all sizes, professional services firms, B2C, B2B companies, professional associations, and individuals on the full range of marketing and business development consulting services. She's spoken at conferences before. I've seen her live. She's fantastic. Uh, She lives in New York. She is a frequent conference and webinar speaker on social media and marketing-related topics. She's a lifelong New Yorker. She holds a Master of Science in Strategic Communications from Columbia University, which she completed while working full-time, and a bachelor's degree, cum laude, in history and art history from New York University. I hope you get some great ideas from today's show. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. And today we've got a special guest. We've got a good friend of mine, Stephanie Marone. We're going to talk about social media and some of the trends right now in social media. Stephanie, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Scott, for having me. It's so nice to finally be on this podcast. I've listened to it and it's great. And so it's good to finally be a guest. Well, thank you. That means a lot coming from someone like you because you're everywhere on social media. And every time I see your posts, I love your videos. I love your content. I always reshare it. You've got some really good ideas and you're just a bright person. And it's just a real joy to to see you on social media. And so this is a, a time of transition where organizations, they're thinking about going back to offices. And people are, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but Stephanie, I miss meetings. You know, oh, I miss wow. I know, right? It's it's just the whole thing is very odd, right? We've become so accustomed to this virtual environment now. Right. So what are you seeing at this inflection point in legal and corporate and business? What are some of the trends that you're seeing in social media right now? Yeah. So listen, I mean, I think that if anybody thinks that we're going to go back to quote unquote normal or the way things were um, prior to the pandemic, they're living in a cave, right? Um, right. Everything's changed. This this has been an incredible inflection point for the legal industry in particular. Right. And any firm that says, you know, guys, you know, we want you back in the office July, right after July 4th or right after Labor Day, you know, business as usual is kind of going to be behind the times, right? From so many different standpoints, right? Social media, marketing, recruiting, number one, right? I mean, 
firms I'm hearing are going to be losing out on candidates when they're saying you have to be in the office five days a week if you're not going to offer flexible working arrangements to your lawyers, particularly women lawyers who have found in some ways a new normal and a new way to succeed (laughs) with a more flexible work environment. You're really doing yourself a disservice. So in terms of content, social media, you know, I've been extolling the virtues of using social media, particularly LinkedIn, long before the pandemic. So it became so much more apparent that we needed that as a connection point, as a networking point, and as a branding point. But it is only going to become more important as our clients and recruits and other constituencies continue to get younger. I mean, this is the way yeah. folks communicate. And Scott, it's efficient. If anything, I've learned that I said to you, you know, before when we were chatting, I can do much more via Zoom. I can do much more via social media. I don't necessarily think many people are going to jump back into the world of in-person networking, particularly if it involves a plane. Right. And there are studies that say that that's true. So social media in many ways is um, an online networking or is a great equalizer, right? It gives right. us the ability to put to put ourselves out there from a branding perspective, a business development perspective, and it enables us to be really efficient. And so I think we should continue to use it. And I think you'll be at a disadvantage if you if you don't. And let me ask you this, looking back over the last year, plus a couple of months, from a marketing perspective, what was the biggest surprise that came out of the crisis? What most surprised you? So I think there were a few. At first, there were a lot of firms that were pulling back on marketing um, and not just law firms, recruiting firms in general, people who didn't know what to do. And if they were doing any marketing, it was centered on COVID, right? It was sending out six client alerts a day and webinars. It was COVID, COVID, COVID. I kept seeing (laughs) that image of the the cell structure of COVID with the spikes and it was black and red. And you were like, oh gosh, like it's so overused, right? Right. But I think people realize that marketing during this time was incredibly important because the old tried and true ways of marketing and networking were gone. You know, you weren't taking your clients to lunch. You weren't going to a networking event. You weren't speaking publicly. You had to pivot. So just give you a statistic, 150 million additional people got on LinkedIn during the pandemic. No kidding. Wow. Three months. Where did they all come from? All over the globe, a lot from the US and a lot from Europe and Asia. I mean, unsurprisingly, but I will tell you that this was huge, right? So there were a lot of people in the baby boomer category who said, I don't need social media. Well, guess what? They do need social media. It was a great opportunity for people to say, I need to be connected. And I think once people, so my phone never stopped ringing. So I was nervous March, April, a little bit of May. June, when things started to recover a little bit and people realized we were in this for the long haul, my phone never stopped ringing. In fact, I was busier than I ever imagined during the entire pandemic. And it was not just pandemic-related marketing. It was regular marketing, but with like a lens toward being compassionate, being client-centric. Interesting. But anybody who stopped doing marketing during the pandemic is and, and was in a bad, it's, it's going to be at a big disadvantage. So, Do you think that the customer audience, all of our prospects, that they became more interested in consuming content during that time, just looking for solutions? Absolutely. I think that there were a number of things that led to that, right? Number one, 
I think that people were disconnected. They had more free time. There was no differentiation between work and home. So you saw people working, like I was working till 10 o'clock. I mean, I didn't even know what time of day it was. I had nothing else to do. So right. people would go on LinkedIn as an outlet and they wanted to connect with people, like whereby they would have gone to a webinar, you know, gone to an in-person event. Webinars were hot. And if people didn't take that webinar content and turn it into like, like a written piece or a social post or do more with it, they were also not maximizing the things that they were doing, right? Or a podcast. So podcasts exploded. I needed ways to learn, communicate, and network. And these all helped. So for me personally, LinkedIn was a great connecting point to people. Kept me, It kept me connected, like I said. But also, I mean, listen, we're not even talking about you know Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And there were some people who went on TikTok, which I find, you know, Please only do that if you really can make it serious and and you have or you are clever. There's a lot of tools out there. I always say only I'm not a good dancer. Know. I'm not a good dancer. Yeah, <laughs> if you're not a dancer, you can be funny, but you know you should only try one or two of these and do them really well, then stretch yourself thin. Right. But yeah. And I think there was so much more of an appetite for social because we were so disconnected. And I don't think that that's gone away, nor do I think that everyone's rushing to go back, like I said, to a conference or the way things were. It's become part of our everyday. Right, right. So do you think that those that are in the business of getting business, do you think they've kind of built some strength in terms of marketing during this time? I think it depends on the person, then the firm, et cetera. There will always be people who will say, you know, I do good work. And I don't need to do marketing because I do good work. To those people, mm-hmm. I say, great, but you may need help someday. I don't think it's enough right now to have a great name on the door anymore. Right. We know that if you're a lawyer, people follow the person, not necessarily the firm. Although mm-hmm. for a small firm, price is you know, obviously like attractive, but sometimes it can be the small firm as a disadvantage because you know you want the brand name behind you in case things go wrong right so there's but there's so many advantages to being a small and mid-sized firm in my opinion that's mostly the kinds of firms i work with now right. i think that people if they embrace marketing so marketing slash business development and you can put social media in both of those categories if you're doing it right by the way it's not social is not just a branding tool it's a marketing and business development tool i think it can you can learn from it you can do a lot but if if you know there are people who will just say i do good legal work i was doing good legal work during the pandemic i still don't have time for this you have to work with the willing that's right that's right so what do you think are some of the predictions and i know this particular episode it's going to be a time relative podcast episode to the transitionary time of people leaving covid going back to offices uh, and hopefully there might not be any other big surprises over the horizon But let's just say people are transitioning back to work. They're realizing that we have gone through the worst of COVID. And I don't ever want to say normal. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. But but what do you think are some of your predictions as it relates to professional services marketing from this point forward? So social media will still continue to be incredibly important, particularly LinkedIn. There have been a number of new changes to LinkedIn, which I posted (laughs) about. One, the increased character count. Two... The ability now that LinkedIn is going to index and Google your posts so that each post you make is going to be in your Google search results. So that is huge for your SEO. So if you've never been posting before on LinkedIn, now is the time to start doing it and it will go back and categorize past posts. And any post you have that has just 
you know, you're sharing one line of content, that's not going to do well. You need to have content that has keywords in it, right? So people who have been using LinkedIn are continue to do well. Now, I can talk to you about the virtues of social media all day long, Scott, but I will tell you that email marketing is one of the most underutilized and overlooked and most important forms of reaching your clients, prospects, and recruits for anyone, for recruiters listening to this, for legal marketers, for lawyers. So the tried and true works. So those firms and companies and organizations listening to this don't have an email marketing program in place, need to put that in place because I can give you all the tips in the world on how to create a great social media program, but I can never tell you that you will reach every single person with your posts because LinkedIn's algorithm makes it such that there's no way to do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll tell you, if you have a really good email marketing list and a good email marketing program that bypasses spam, so using, you know, Constant Contact, MailChimp, one of those, obviously Salesforce, you will get through to your clients. And I highly recommend that you start doing emails, but emails of value, right? With social, with email marketing, with content. And the stuff you send out with emails would be articles and client alerts and things of value. It's always helpful content that serves your clients and prospects. Giving away free information is the key. And never, ever be worried about giving away too much stuff. There is no such thing because they still need you to implement it. And your goal, all of these things, is to stay top of mind. That's why you do it. So it's not enough to be a great recruiter. It's not enough to be a great lawyer. You have to remind people about that. And content and social and marketing enables you to do that. That's a great point, Stephanie, and well said. And what what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen or the missed opportunities looking back over the last year? What mistakes have you seen professionals make in terms of marketing and how can they resolve that? So a big mistake I see are companies and firms not utilizing LinkedIn company pages to their benefit Mm. or a lot of different tools on LinkedIn company pages. So you need to understand how those work. Hashtags also, I see people putting in hashtags without researching them. And it's a big mistake. I have a free course on that that I can let you know more about in case you want to send it to folks. But researching every hashtag you use is very important. And using them in the first place is very important so that you increase visibility of your posts. And the other thing, Scott, what I call me-centric posts, firms do this. And so do individuals where it's like all about me, how great I am. I won this award. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it needs to, you can have those posts, but they need to be written with a client centric lens to them or in a, what I call a humble brag way, or else they won't resonate. I pulled all of the Chambers USA posts that lawyers had written and they basically were all the same. Like I am honored to be ranked as a Chambers USA lawyer. I am humbled. I am this. You don't want to be in a sea of sameness. So stand out. You know, I have a hundred other things I could tell you using email and writing more and don't sit on the content. If it's sexy, it's hot and it's it's timely, get it out the door. And don't feel like just because your competitors are writing about something, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. You right. should because your clients care what you have to say on the topic. That's interesting. So let me let me kind of go back to one of the things that you said. Tell me about this humble brag. Like if I had this post, I'm honored to have been voted the most handsomest man in the world or something like that. <laughs> right. What, you know, how do you how do you do that without seeming like, yeah, it's all about you? How do you make that more about other people? Yeah. Okay. So this is um 
one of the biggest mistakes I see professionals make, particularly lawyers, right? So, and I also see people like post about, you know, vote for me. I was, uh, I'm in the mix for best recruiter firm of the year, best whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You want to be very careful about what you ask people to do because it's a lot to ask people to do that. I never post things that are, I won this, I did that sort of things. I use my content, nor do I ever promote my business on my social posts. It should be implicit what I do, how I do it by the content I provide, right? So you can flip around a post. I'll give you an example, right? So like I'm super lawyer. I'm so honored to be a super lawyer. I'm so honored to win this award. Flip it around, right? Talk about your humble beginnings. Talk about why you became an intellectual property lawyer. Talk about the first case you had. Talk about the team that you worked with on a deal that helped you get that award that year. Like, so this year I was extraordinary for so many reasons. And I had the opportunity to work on this watershed case. And I'm so honored to be part of a group that was recognized for it, right? That's a little bit flipping it around and making it more about what you did versus how great you are. So I always apply the rule of show versus tell to it. Why you became a lawyer why you became a recruiter. Start off with a story. Start off with something with adversity, right? You know, three years ago, I lost my job and I started rebuilding my life. And I never expected that I would be recognized for my accomplishments now. Or, you know, people love a triumph over tragedy story, even on LinkedIn. And there's ways to make it professional. You don't have to share too much. So I would say, or talk about a mentor, Talk about someone who influenced you. I would talk about my mentor, Wendy Bernero, who believed in me 20 years ago, saw something in me and pushed me to heights I never thought I could achieve. And without her, I wouldn't be where I am today. So that's how I would start off a post. And then I would say, and here I am just having one, you know, X award and I'm in awe of the fact that I did, you know, so there's ways to flip it, to make it personal. I guess one thing. Does that make sense? So you're saying bring emotion into business through story? I am. And I'm saying (laughs) that those posts do better than any other posts. Those posts that are formulaic, vanilla, and sound robotic or sound like any... If I can delete your name and put somebody else's name in a post, then you should not post. Also, a mistake I see a lot of people make is just sharing content without any context. Right. So you you can't just share an article without putting why you think it's important to share, nor should you just share something with a hashtag or use one of those automated tools that just lets you share something without any preface about why you're sharing it. Right. You need to explain why it's important, why people should care about it. You know, it's interesting. Recently, I hired a marketing person to help me with all of the things that you're talking about, and she'll go back into previous shows with the Rainmaking podcast and find some key points and then keep pushing out previous content that, we, yeah. that we've had. We've had over 50 interviews. And so the one thing I think that I've gotten from that, because she is like you, an expert in marketing, is it's about the story. And I think that that's part of who we are. It's the human experience. We like seeing people triumph over tragedy like you talked about. And I really like how you say, bring this into business story. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that resonates so well? And and what are some case studies? What are some examples of how you've seen this story has really helped 
a professional to get more business? So I think that COVID has changed everything. First of all, I think the last 16 months have made us much more, the lines between personal and professional have become a little blurrier. I think that people have wanted to peek behind the curtain. I mean, you know, we're sitting here and, and, you know, you guys can't see this, but my dogs are running across this (laughs) this screen and, and people who are on my webinars regularly see my puppies. I post about them. I think that the um, lines have become blurrier. I think we've become more human, if that even makes sense. In a buttoned-up world, I mean, Scott, I'm I'm recommending to my law firm clients that they take different headshots now, whereby they're not wearing a suit and tie. They can have that picture, particularly if they're a litigator. But we're taking photos with... I'm taking various options. One is with a jacket with just a button-down, and one is without the jacket at all. And it was... Because I think we need to be more casual as an industry. No more on your websites, guys. Mr. Love is a seasoned litigator, blah, blah, blah. Nor should that ever appear anywhere in your LinkedIn materials. This is first person or third person, right? Get rid of all those references. Your clients, you don't want to be on those kinds of terms with your clients either, Right. right? So the world has changed beyond anything that we've ever experienced. And we're not going back to the way things were. You can work at a white shoe button-up firm, I'm telling you. Even those cultures have changed to an extent. So I think that we are different. And I think that those... I mean, I keep seeing people post... Sometimes I see people posting too personal stuff and I don't yeah, love those yeah. posts either. Like right. don't share anything. I don't think you should really be sharing things about your your family maybe unless it, you can tie it to a business thing or, or a lesson learned politics never you know i see people posting pictures of their kids graduating and um babies being born and and maybe there's ways to do it you know i have some examples in some other presentations but i think a triumph story is good storytelling i do agree with your marketing person mm-hmm. i also think people don't they don't reuse their content right so they do what i call one and done Go back to your past post, which you should be keeping track of. And by the way, you can get a copy, an archive copy of every LinkedIn post you've ever created. And you should be putting that into, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or a Word document. What a great idea. Yeah. So go back to those posts and re, re like tinker with them, make them a little bit more personal. You know, even like Scott, for you, an idea would be, you know, something you learned from each of your podcast. You know, I had the opportunity to interview Stephanie, maybe why you wanted to interview me and what something you learned, right? And then you can go back. You can also get, it, obviously, transcripts of you know any Zoom webinar you've done, any podcast, but turn those into quote posts or something else. You can turn one piece of content into 10 pieces of content wow. and pepper them into your calendar over six months to a year. Because by the way, there's no way to spam anyone on LinkedIn or any other social platform because no one's following you as closely as you think they are. And the algorithm (laughs) doesn't let you spam anybody. So most firms do one and done. Don't do that. You're wasting your content if you're not. Let me kind of ask you to do this, Stephanie. You've got amazing ideas. And every time you post anything, I always learn something. And I'm integrating some of the ideas that you've shared since I've been following you for a couple of years, or at least especially over the last year. Tell us about the services that you offer. And we're going to put your contact info and links on the show notes here. But if somebody says, I need some help, what are the things you want our listeners to know about you and what you can do for them? 
Yeah, sure. So I do outsource CMO, so marketing director CMO services for mostly law firms, small and mid-sized firms, but I also work with companies that serve law firms. So I work with a legal data company, I work with recruiters, and I work with some associations. And I also obviously do social media consulting and management. So I manage about 10 law firms social media profiles right now. And so that's a lot of posting, Um, but I love it. (laughs) And I also do some coaching when it comes to all of these things and obviously business development kinds of coaching and um, strategy. And my expertise is law firms having been in-house as a law firm marketer for almost 20 years up until starting my own business. That's great, Stephanie. And what can people take in terms of action steps to kind of get started on this journey of their story? What are three action steps you'd recommend people take to integrate some of your ideas today? Yeah, so here's the thing. It is never too early or late to start doing this. I have clients in their 30s just starting, in their 50s, and in their 60s. The great thing is that you can come out of nowhere and just do it. The key is consistency. So you can't just start building a brand on social and never you know, doing it once a month and then expect results. You you can't. LinkedIn rewards people who post often and you will not be known as a subject matter expert if you don't. And you know this, Scott, yourself, you've worked for many years to build your brand. It's not just LinkedIn either. You know, find the things that really excite you and, and make you want to do it, right? So so I know you like to write, you like to speak. I like to do those two things as well. Pick something you like to do, focus on it. You need content, right? So start, what I do is I keep track of like, you know, I'll get my ideas at different points of the day. I start writing my posts in my note section of my phone. Then I'll maybe sometimes I'll work on them in a Word document. There are a lot of different ways you can do it, but keep a master editorial calendar. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just a list of all of your posts, ideas. I would make a master list of hashtags. Only use five hashtags per post maximum, or you'll get penalized by LinkedIn. And reuse that list so you're not reinventing the wheel each time. And commit to posting at first once or twice a week. The other thing, if you're not ready to start posting on your own, Scott, people can start commenting on other people's posts. That is how I initially started building my brand. I would see someone's post. So let's say I saw one of your posts. I would comment and give it, not just say, great post, Scott. You have to actually write something a little more in depth. So that is a very easy way to start. And for lawyers, it's very easy to just start sharing the content that your firm already pushes out. Just put a line or two of text about why it's significant and that you'll be well on your way. So your firm has a treasure trove of content already. Well, Stephanie, you are fantastic. I learn something every time you say anything. And uh, we're going to have you back on the show. Glad. And I'll put all your contact information for everybody listening. We'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for your expertise, Stephanie. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.